0: Uh, are you working on uh, anything in particular
1: yeah i'm actually working on my own festival space mountain which happens in october
0: yeah i've heard about that i've not been obviously yeah. but uh, i heard it's a beautiful affair
1: yeah so just getting that together
0: and that's in your own uh, that's your production space isn't it
1: in my studio yeah here.
0: what have you got uh, lined up this year can you say
1: We've got, yeah, Spongle, Hallucinogen, Sons of Arca, The Orb, Gowdy. Yeah. X-treme. A few of the people will be at One Love. Yeah. Extremes and Trance. Um, some great artists. Craig Sam's talking. Nick Turner from Hawkwind. Time and Dog who used to play The Clash. Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke. And then we do these producer sessions and... Uh, I've got like Matt Black from Ninja, John Leckie, you know, uh, uh, Alex Patterson all doing. They all kind of cherry-picked the few musicians and put them in the studio with an audience. It's pretty cool. Is that,
0: is that your first love then, reggae and dub? Or is it uh, just something you came to over the years?
1: I kind of first discovered dub and reggae when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, as a prime loser uh, for sure. You know, by the time in my twenties, it was probably the music I listened most to.
0: What sort of artists can you can you name a few?
1: Oh, my my uh, influence is it's double Lee Perry, of course.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And uh, that's nice I, you know we've got I've got Lee Perry coming out to the studio before the festival, halfway I'll, I'll through an album with him. Okay. Things are really grabbing me were Scientists and King Tubby. And, you know, Joe Gibbs, all those Prince Jammies. The, the crazier, the better. I thought at the time. The scientist was kind of like my favourite. He was just beyond. Us.
0: What is it about the music that that appeals to you? What is it? What is it exactly? Its essence. You know? Can you can you describe it? Dub,
1: okay. Yeah. I mean, dub is like um, it's like abstract paintings. You know? Yeah. So it's deconstructing ideas of form and structure into abstraction. Um, I suppose spearheaded in its early days by Lee Perry, King's Hubby. It really was the construction of a song or a recording and and the reinvention of it through effects. The first time people ever used a a recording studio as an instrument, really. I mean, well, I wouldn't, maybe not, Joe Meek certainly did that and some of the Beatles stuff, but where the main feature of the recording or the, what you're listening to is effects from the studio it certainly came in with Dub on the back of uh, Sergeant Pepper's and Psychedelia, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and Dub just, um, you know, I, I suppose Lee Perry's our Picasso, really, for my generation, you know, with music. and. He just can re, completely rewrote the vocabulary of music. So it was a huge influence for me as a producer. My first record, I did a dub mix of, which was one of the lads, and then uh, Turns Red became King joke, 1978. Was, that came out on 10 with two dub mixes. Yeah, um, we were At that time, I was only interested in working with dub engineers in studios where they did dub. Um, so... Throughout the 80s, dub informed, I started, initially we started bringing dub into rock with Killing Joke and things like that. And then later on with remix culture and the orb and sampling culture in the mid 80s, um, I was using a lot of dub influences in my dance mixes and remixes, whether it would be uh, bands like... uh, you know, industrial bands, portion control, 400 blows, things like that, or even alien sex themed. Yeah. They all, they went 12 inches with extended dub deep, you know, mixes on them and then I, then I started doing a lot of remixing. I was remixing Erasure or, you know, so many different things. Um, again, I'd always do a dub mix as well as the mix I'd be doing and so it became part of my, prices to, once I'd done an album mix or a radio mix, I'd deconstructed, do a dub mix, to the point where the people would just ask me to just do the dub mixes, as remixes, you know. Yeah. And around that time, or before that, I started a label, Wow, Mr. Modo, with Alex Patterson,
0: can we all,
1: and we put out the first Manassa productions a sound aeration, And did you incorporate? It's both very rare records now. The beginning of uh, a British did digi dub of the late eighties, really. And so you know, I I kind of got by that point. It got to a point where I could have a label where we're predominantly doing dub. And then I kind of just got into more of the mashing up of dub. And now, of course, I mean dub is everywhere, and it's it's as much a part of remix culture as, uh, I mean, it's the DNA of remix culture, which is, you know, predominant culture we live in, really.
0: So And there's a massive
1: renaissance of dub and One Love is a good ex- example of that, isn't there? You know, huge dub festivals around Europe. You know, it's great to see uh, people really, uh, you know, enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, keeping
0: it along. I guess it go- comes in waves, does it? Does it feel like it comes in waves? It's kind of... yeah
1: I think you're right yeah but at the moment there's some good promoters in London reggae roast and people like that are putting together really good uh, events which are attracting a lot of people
0: and what about uh, any uh, are there any kind of new artists coming through do you sense that there's a kind of a people making new new dub
1: oh yeah I think when you look at the electronic scene and chip out scene all those artists are, are dub orientated um and then you know, there's a, there's, a, there's another scene where the people are just making roots dub, you know, or, or digi dub. That's more niche specific, um, and that's huge as well. You know, um, and there's a rise of a new wave of young dub producers like Prince Fatty and stuff who are making more rootsy sounding dub as well. Yeah. Um, there's a huge spectrum of what and subgenres, hundreds of subgenres of dub now. <laughs> industrial dub. There's so much, you know. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and again, I think us using dub in the nineties with Killing Joe with a bit of even more industrial sound became a big influence on rock bands doing it as well. Yeah. But you know, it's wide, isn't it? But then there's still just a great love and appreciation for you know, uh, traditional Jamaican reggae, you know, so that's great as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's some young reggae artists. It's tragic what's happened in Jamaica, the demise of the industry that was so prolific and exciting in the 70s and early 80s, and it's it's almost vanished completely now.
0: Was it? Oh, God, I didn't know. There's a
1: much bigger American influence in Jamaica than there was then. Although there are some young emerging artists coming out of Jamaica. I find it really exciting what um, producers like Dick Blow and some major laser are doing with day and, and even Kong I think it's fantastic what they're doing when well, they're mashing it up with stuff and all sorts of things.
0: Cool. So when you play one of your DJ sets, is it, what, what, what will you be doing, basically, at One Love? What kind of uh, vibe will it be? Um, well,
1: I'm going to be doing two sets. One maybe three, even. One, I'll just be doing a straightforward dub set, which probably be quite dance not like 90s dance kind of feel good, Saturday night. Yeah. And then, Saturday night, also, I'm doing a, a sort of ping-pong selector thing with Alex Patterson and Gaudi, and a few guests all together, which I did that at Glastonbury, at Shangri-La, and I, I